life can get pretty complicated. In the Simply Practically Human podcast, Mark LeBusque talks to incredible humans to see the way forward more clearly through the complexity in the world and in our heads. Let's get ready to thrive. Well, g'day there, fellow humans. It's Mark LeBusque again for the uh, solo uh, self-indulgent episode of the Simply Practically Human podcast. The short, sharp version comes to you each Friday, and um, we're sort of in that space at the this time of the year of giving and receiving gifts. And today, I wanted to talk with you about what I think is a an amazing gift that you can give to another human being, you know, in your management capacity, if that's what you're doing, you may not be a manager. This may be something that you just give this gift to someone that you, that you care about, who I'd say could benefit from a little bit of the gift of your time, the gift of connection. And that is building a deeper connection with yourself and with another human being. I call it the gift also of being human and just spending that time human to human, having a conversation that is not about the work in progress report, the KPIs, the PowerPoint deck, whatever's coming up in the next quarterly review, but it's just that time of being human and getting to know one another a bit better. And uh, what I want to talk to you about today, my fellow humans, is what I call the first five questions. And this is, I'm going to say, my gift to you and something that I would encourage you into 2022 to go back and and give this gift to someone that you care about. So I'm going to talk a bit about how this idea of the first five questions came about and also some of the benefits that I see if you invest, I'm going to say, a minimum of 60 minutes. If you can afford to do it for 90, it works a hell of a lot better, but at least 60 minutes and giving that gift of time to someone to build that connection. So a little bit of background on how this came about in my last role as a, um, a sales director. I'd been given a team and uh, and I know they'll laugh if they hear some of this. It was a little bit like a a team of misfits that was put together. It was a bit like, what do we do with these people? We've gone through a restructure and we don't quite know where they fit in. So we'll um, we'll call them the solutions team because uh, solutions is all encompassing. So the solutions team was born and it was then um, brought together with a, a bids and tenders team, a team that was well established in the business with a good reputation. And I was given the role of uh, heading that team up. And I remember flying back from Perth in uh, Western Australia when we could do that, when the borders weren't closed, and thinking to myself, what would be a better way for me to start building this team and not having the usual conversation, but doing it a little bit differently, not necessarily at a group level, but at an individual level where I would get to know these people at a deeper level. I would give them the opportunity to tell their story. And it would certainly help, I'm going to say, expedite that, that ability to connect and to build that network at a, at a one-to-one level. So I was, as I was flying back, I, I thought about five questions that if I was a member of that team, what questions would I like Mark to put to me that I could come back and tell him the answers? And the five questions that came to mind for me were these. Number one, what do you expect of me? Number two, what is your work style preference? 
Number three, how do you achieve balance? Number four, what does great leadership look like? And number five, what are your three most important values? So they were the five questions that ultimately when I went back into that first meeting and usually in that first meeting with your new team, the sorts of things that I'd say, which were very, very scripted, would be things like, hey, great that we've uh, been put together as a team. I'm really looking forward to working with you. We know we've got some uh, really, really big challenges ahead of us and we've got some stretch targets, but I know we can do it. And usually by about this stage, if you were very aware as a manager, you would start to see the the eyes rolling in the room and 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 the thought bubble above people's heads saying, fucking here we go again, same shit, different day. So instead of going to that, I actually sent out an email to each of the people and, and sent those five questions out to them with with some specific instructions, which were spend a bit of time, at least a couple of weeks to prepare your answers to these questions. The reason that I'm asking you these is I want to get to know you as a human being. So I was very, very explicit about my why for doing this. And I wanted to build a deeper connection, get to know you much better than than I might do if I went straight into the usual, you know, let's get together, people. Let's, let's have some meetings. Let's get the whip sorted out and let's get things cracking. So um, that was the idea. And a little bit behind the purpose of the five questions as well, which I shared. The first one around what do you expect of me was really about breaking down the hierarchy here, that in essence, if we take away all of the bullshittery of levels and fancy titles and all of those sorts of things, that at the end of the day, we're human beings and human beings have expectations of other human beings and they're not necessarily about the hierarchy and the technical things and more about the human things like expectations of honesty and integrity and reliability and showing up to the meetings like you say you will. So it was really about taking away the levels and the hierarchy and just looking at it from a human perspective. The purpose of question two, what is your work style preference, was really about this whole idea that I can't expect because I might have thought I was successful that that people should adopt a work style just like mine, because that is a big trap that we fall into. This whole idea of if you're just a bit like me and I'll try and shape you up to that, you'll be successful. So asking people, how do you do your very best work, not just to survive, but to thrive each day, I really wanted to know that. Number three, how do you achieve balance? The whole idea behind that was, first of all, to get a sense of what are the things that, that lift my people that they do both at work and outside of work? What are the things that they're doing with for self, for their family, for maybe in their community? What about for work as well? So this whole idea of getting a really, really strong sense of what people were doing and then giving them permission to look to make sure they're achieving that balance was a big part here. Number four, what does great leadership look like? Very, very specifically, what does it look like? Not not who are great leaders because if you've got the gumption for this one, it's really about asking your team members about what do they see people doing or how do they see people being or behaving and how does that equate to great leadership? The whole idea here is to get a sense of once they've described what they see leadership as, 
being really clear with them that when I see you do that, I'm going to acknowledge it and I'm going to tell you great leadership, great acts of leadership so that you know that you are capable of demonstrating leadership as well. That leadership's not all for the for the heroes at the top of the tree. Leadership happens everywhere in the business and it was good to get a sense from each of my team members about what great leadership looked like for them. And then the fifth one, what are your three most important values? This was really about getting a sense of the purpose behind the people. So it's not about the off-the-wall values that are in an organisation. This is very, very specifically getting to understand that each of us as an individual have some values that we live by. And it was really important for me to get a sense at an individual level about what really mattered to people, what was driving them, what was the thing that got them out of bed in the morning, rather than here are the five or six values that the organisation has and how are you going to live them? I wanted to work that in a different way. So that was sort of the purpose behind the activity. And as I said before, just a bit of the mechanics again for going through this, first of all, is be really clear about why you're doing it. Because if you just send an email out to your people saying, here's five questions I'd like you to answer, I think that as a survival species, I'll be starting to wonder what the hell is this all about? What, what does he want to know? Or what does she want to know? And what's going on here? Why are we sort of getting to this level that we've never been to before? So be really clear, as I was, I want to get some time to listen to you to understand you more. And then secondly, I am really doing this to build a deeper human-to-human connection so that we're not just sort of scratching the surface or we're speeding that process up rather than waiting for what might take, I think, usually years to do. We could start with a 60 to 90-minute chat that would really start to expedite that process for us. So it's really important when you do send out an email or if you do commit to giving this gift to your people that first of all, you're really, really clear about why you're doing it. So important. So let me just, um, let me talk a little bit about what I experienced. And when I say I gave this gift of time and this gift of connection and this gift of being human to other people, let me tell you, it came back the other way in spades. The gift that I received from this was incredible. Like it was one of the best gifts that I could say I had in 20 to 25 years in the workplace. The quality of the conversation, the quality of the interaction, the depth as to which we went in the conversations absolutely blew me away. And I also want to say this because there may be some listening saying, yeah, but I've been working with these people for a long time and, you know, this is going to be quite awkward and I know enough about them already and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, let me tell you that not just from my own perspective and my own experience, but from others who have come back to me who have done this activity after they've uh, attended my human manager experience, they've absolutely been blown away by how much they didn't know about the people they've been working with for a long time. Never mind those who they'd only just started working with and how that really sped up the connection and helped to build trust and, and, and build that relationship but they were absolutely blown away by how it really solidified and improved the connection and the relationships with some of the longer termers. So don't be caught in the story here, fellow humans, that this will only work with new people. If you approach this in the right way, 
you share the why and you make this really open, you will find out some incredible things about people that you may have worked with for a long period of time that you didn't know. And even some people had come back and said they were a little sad and embarrassed that they hadn't got to this point of having these conversations and even to the extent where some of the conversations they had with longer-termers and in particular one story of an operational, senior operational manager who'd been to the program who went back and and had these conversations with some long-termers and had actually received some thank-you cards back from them saying, look, I really appreciated the opportunity that we've never had, we've never done this, to have this conversation. So that gift was one of the greatest gifts that that manager had given to somebody else. And just to give some context into these first five questions and the sorts of answers I got back, I thought I'd share quickly just some of those answers I got back to these questions. So with number one, what do you expect of me? Was things like being honest, being reliable, having my back, giving me some space to make some decisions, turning up to your one-to-ones, helping me to develop. These were the sorts of things. Nothing about my technical skills, all about those sort of human behavioural things that, that really develop that strong behavioural contract. So that's number one. Number two, what is your work style preference? People get a little bit confused with this one, but think of it like this. Some of my team members would say, I want total autonomy. I want you to let me treat this like my own business. Others would say, hey, give me a little bit of direction. Let me know what the plan is and then let me go. Others would say to me, I sort of need to hear from you every couple of days just to let me know that I'm on the right track. So keep in touch with me and that gives me the confidence to keep doing the work. So all sorts of different ideas. No one ever told me that their work style preference was to be micromanaged. So think about that. Number three, how do you achieve balance? It was great to hear stories like I'm a dance instructor or I'm playing hockey or we have a, a ritual in our family that each week we do something on a particular night um, and this really helps me to keep balance. It could be about exercise, it could be about meditation, yoga, reading books, playing golf, whatever it might have been, just gave me a great sense. Even catching up with family, whatever it is, an extended family, it gave me a good sense of those things. Number four, what does great leadership look like? It wasn't about people here, it was about what they saw happen. So again, a little bit related to the expectations, great leadership was about um, having a vision and sharing that vision, being really clear on what the why was, making the tough decisions and at times making decisions that I won't like, but, but they're not done for being liked, they're done for being respected. Respect came up a lot, that great leadership looks like people who respect other people, people who back other people. So it was really about what we saw people do and not about who were the great leaders. And then the three most important values, lots of, um, again, a bit like the expectations, honesty, integrity, respect, fun, care, family came up a lot as well. So it was just to get a sense for you as the listeners, these are the sorts of things that you might hear when your people are sharing their answers to the first five questions. So, just a couple of other things I want to talk to you about in regards to the actual process and once you're in the process. So the first one there would be just be thinking about this because it's really is really important is that once you're really clear about that activity 
and why you're doing it. And that even if it's part of, you're telling them it's part of your own development process. So that part of what you're going through in your own development is to to learn to slow down a bit and build those deeper connections with people rather than getting straight into the technical work is combining the human work with it. So be upfront. That's number one. Be upfront with your people about why you're doing it. Number two is sending out those questions via an email. I can tell you a couple of things I put in my email that I think really helped. First of all, it was about giving them some time to think. So it's not like sending it to them the day before a one-to-one and saying, we're going to have a chat about this tomorrow. At least a week, if not two weeks, for them to get some time to think about and consider their answers to these questions. Let them know in that email that this is their time and it's important that they come along telling you what you need to hear and not what they think you want to hear is really important. And the other thing that I put in my email, which is a little bit of a, I guess a bit of a labuskism or a bit of an Australian term really is that I told them not to half-ass their answers to try and just keep me happy. I think that's really important. Give them the space to come along and be as free as they need to be. The next one was not to get them to send you their homework before you catch up. There's no need for that. There's no need for you to see the answers prior to the session so you can not be surprised because I think part of the element of surprise in this was really, really valuable was I heard some things I didn't expect and it really, those things stuck with me, made me really aware of maybe the way that I'd been that hadn't been useful rather than getting those answers beforehand and then being able to prepare some sort of response or justification for it is let let them come in fresh and there's no spoilers to happen there and keep it as informal as possible. Whilst you're in your, your 60 to 90 minute chat, let's keep it really informal. Like we're having a chat. I think that's really important. The next one, and I think this is pretty crucial, if you have uh, multiple direct reports is setting up the meetings, and this is quite deliberate, and and it might sound a little bit like you're playing a game, but I think there's an important part to this, is that starting out with people who will embrace this more than those who will be reluctant, or maybe even those who are a little introverted and awkward to do this, starting there is such a good idea because it allows the internal grapevine to play its part. And usually the people that came in first and they'd come out of the meeting, and you know how this works, They get back and they're like, shit, how was your session with Mark? And those people would say, hey, that was really good. So it would take away a bit of that negativity, the bit of that not knowing, and it's just a great way to use the internal grapevine to make sure that the human beings that have been given this gift get as much out of the gift as as they possibly can. The next one, it's not a whip session. It's not about your work in progress. It's not you're not going to combine this with a a one-to-one and you need to be really, really clear in your own mind on that to not get dragged into the work stuff, to not allow them to drag you into the work stuff. So be really clear that this is a chance for these human beings with the gift you've given them to just come and share their story. And if you do start to drift into the work stuff, it's up to you to get that back on track. Really, really important. The next point, I really call this, I guess, part of what I call my step four of listen and learn in the, um, in the human manager experience is the whole idea of just shut up and listen. So it really should work at about 80% of the talking coming from 
those who you've given the gift to, as in your team members, and about 20% of the talking from you. And usually the 20% of the talking from you, because this will happen, because it happened to me in most of them, is that they would also ask you about, so what do you expect of me or how do you get balanced? So just be prepared to drop a few short, sharp answers in there because I think that's really important that you're sharing. So you can find some some of that commonality there, which helps to keep building that deeper connection. So work on the 80-20. And the other thing I'm going to say there is use silence very skillfully because at times it might be a bit awkward and um, you might feel like when it gets a bit silent, you might want to fill the space and, and take out more than your 20%. I really want to encourage you to just use that awkward silence and let them fill the space because it's their time. Or the other thing is, is I use what I call the coaches get out of jail free two words, which a little bit of silence. And if there's still silence and there's still silence and there's still silence is go with the old, what else? And then go silent again. And then what I can guarantee you is they'll start speaking again. Once you've had this first five question session. That's not it. It's not like the set and forget. It's all done and we've ticked the box. This is not a compliance activity, fellow humans. This is the first stage of the gift giving process and the gift will just continue to give if you do this in the right way. And that's about follow up. So, you know, following up with a couple of things. One is that when you are catching up in your formal one-to-ones with your team members is just remember something that happened. So, you know, you might have a team member, as I did, who used to go down to the river with their family into their, what they called their shack, and take the speedboat down and the kids would go skiing and, and they'd be down there with different family members and friends. And I'd always just check in, like, have you been down the shack again lately? This same fellow was someone who also um, told me in his balance piece that he used to play hockey, but he'd stopped playing hockey. So he started again, and then I would just check in with him and say, how's hockey? How's the hockey training? So just finding ways to continue to follow up and to keep this conversation alive. And then the other part of follow-up, and leave this until you've had a conversation with all your people, is that you start to incorporate some of this into your group sessions. When your group gets together, you start having some conversations around some of the things you've found. So it then starts to work across the group and we've gone past the one-to-one building of deep connection and giving the gift, and then we're giving a gift right across the group. So different members of the team get to share their expectations of each other, you know, the balance, the work style preference, and all these sorts of things, so that we start to really build into that, what I call that connected team, which is where I think the real work starts to happen. So I guess I'm going to finish this one short sharp today by saying that as you're considering the gift that you're going to give to one of your team members or all of your team members as we come into the end of the year, I would really encourage you to think about the gift of the first five questions and that commitment that you make to them for 60 to 90 minutes early in 2022 to sit down and listen to them about their expectations of you about their work style preference that they can thrive in, about how they get balance, about what great leadership looks like to them, and about what their three most important values are. Be really clear when you give the gift as to why you're giving that gift to them so that there's no sort of reticence to come along wondering and worrying about what might happen. 
And the other one is, is to make sure that you follow up, that once you've had that first conversation and you've got so much great data being captured and you've shared a bit about yourself to build that human connection, that this isn't a one-off event, that this is something that stays alive, not only in the relationship with that one-to-one, but then you take it into your whole group as well because our ability to build deeper connection leads to a sense of belonging across your group, which then will lead to, I say, improved engagement and increased engagement, increased discretionary effort, and ultimately better business results. And I can tell you it all started with a simple five questions with a thought around how could I do something differently that would help my people to understand that this was going to be different, that it was going to be built around a combination of our technical skills and our human skills, and that we were stepping into the human skills by listening and learning from each other and to each other. So that's my gift. I hope it's something that you consider using in 2022. And as I always say, if you love this one, why not rate it five stars? It is one of my favorites, so I hope I get some five-star ratings and, and more importantly, a few reviews on why you think this is useful for you, why you think it might be practical for you. And if you liked it, share it with your friends because I am determined to get these first five questions out deeply into the world because what I do know is for those who have used them and the feedback that's come back to me, it said it's absolutely and fundamentally change the relationship they have with another human being, either in their care or their peer, or even if you are someone who is thinking about giving these questions to your manager and saying, hey, I'd love to have this conversation, that's leadership in itself. So fellow humans, that's the first five questions. That's the gift. It's very simple and it's very practical. And as I always say to finish up, let's keep it that way. Let's keep it simple. Let's keep it practical and let's keep it human. Bye for now.